It's a horrible feeling when you think someone's interested in you and that they flirted with you. And then you respond in what you think is the same vibe and they freak out. People who were emotionally neglected as kids have a hard time reading other people's feelings and intentions as it is. But when limerence is at play, that's like the obsessive addictive form of falling in love with somebody who you can't actually have. If you're limerent, it can make it almost impossible to know if you're weirding someone out by confessing your love or if they are in fact manipulating you because getting the re that reaction is exactly what they want. Do you ever get torn in two directions with this kind of confusion? My letter today is from a woman I'll call Miranda and she writes, Hi Anna, please help me. I've been living in my own private hell because I've been infatuated with a married person for at least two years. Oh yeah, that's a private hell, okay. It has been torture, she says. It, and I've got my fairy pencil. I'm gonna circle stuff that I wanna come back to on a second reading, but let's go through and read Miranda's letter all the way and see what's going on. Okay, she says, it's been torture. It all started when one day he looked, he looked me right in the eyes in a flirty kind of way. He paid attention to me and that did it for me. <laughs> I have not been able to get him out of my mind ever since. I was feeling totally unattractive, old, lonely, depressed, and worthless as I'm getting older and I'm now in my late 40s. The next few times we saw each other was kind of awkward. I felt like I was back in high school. I, got, I get the vibe that he felt the same way. Hmm. All giddy, the butterflies and all. I couldn't believe this was happening to me. I didn't go looking for this, and I thought my husband would be the last man for me, regardless of the many struggles in our marriage. At first, I went full-on stalker on this guy at work, which freaked him out. When I caught myself, I pulled away. I never intended on letting this go anywhere, but it was like I was an addict and he was my drug. Mm-hmm. I don't know this person, not even his name. <laughs> He's just someone I would see at work occasionally. I thought about changing jobs, but I really truly cannot leave my job right now. However, I was able to change my schedule to an earlier time in order to avoid seeing him. I limit my time in that work area only so that I'm there when it's absolutely necessary. That worked for a bit until one day, by chance, he saw me at an earlier time, and from then, suddenly I started bumping into him again like before. The problem is that I would work so hard on staying away and getting over this and then all my hard work for days, weeks, months would go out the window the minute I saw him, but I still worked hard to avoid him. I completely ignored him and regardless of that, he would always find a way to make contact and greet me. Long story short, my take is that he might have found some attraction, but he was never going to act on it. He just feeds off my energy and is using me for an ego boost. A little flirtatious fun, maybe. That's a harsh reality, but I'm trying to come to terms with this by doing some work on myself, letting it go. So after binge watching your videos on limerence and learning that I need to stop all contact with him, I tried to do that today. I told him, I don't want any contact. I want you to leave me alone. Short and sweet, just like that. It took everything I had, but I did it. He looked at me in total disbelief and complete shock, like I had three heads. He looked at me like I was the craziest woman he had ever met. And I was like, what? What are you talking about? Oh, gee, now I feel so embarrassed. Could I have been so wrong? Now I'm double guessing myself. But what about his discreet double looks? 
his blushing face and embarrassed look. How about the times that I looked back after passing him and he was also looking back at me. He would bump into me on the street. He would slow down the car and we would just look and just look at me. This happened several times. Not proud of this, by the way. Am I losing my mind? I thought that by cutting all contact, I would feel better. But now I'm wondering if it was all in my head. All I want is to be free from limerence and have peace. But was it all in my head? Am I going crazy here? Now, on top of everything, I feel so ashamed and embarrassed that I've made a bigger fool of myself by seeing things that were not there to begin with. And since I've been sexually abused by male relatives as well as strangers from an early age, I thought I would recognize when someone had an interest in me. Please help me get over this. Like many of us, I grew up surrounded by dysfunctional, toxic adults in an abusive environment, neglected, abandoned, given away to strangers like property, belittled, made fun of, mentally, physically, and emotionally abused, and beaten in my childhood, sexually harassed for most of my life. Signed, Miranda. Okay, Miranda, my gosh. That last part where you talked about what had happened to you, it really just supports you so much in why this is a struggle for you. So that part at the end, Miranda, it's, you know, it sounds like you were trafficked and beaten, um, abandoned, made fun of, emotionally abused, sexually harassed. I just don't know how a kid could possibly have learned what a normal, um, Form, formation of friendship feels like and how you would detect when just sort of friendly office smiles and passing turns into a heavy flirtation with especially because we're talking about like sexual abuse here that's why it, it is such a terrible form of abuse because it goes in there and just messes up perception the metaphor wiring the wires are just ripped out on how what you're supposed to have for detection of bad things and good things when somebody has your best interest in heart when they are out to hurt you all of that gets messed up and so first of all just i'm so sorry that happened to you so here you are you're working you're in your late 40s and um you got a crush on somebody at work and you don't even know his name so i take it you have not spoken much with him and you did tell him, I just want no contact. I want you to leave me alone. And he looked shocked. And because, you know, I realize that sometimes we second guess ourselves on this. And I don't know if he was, you know, trying to lead you on or something. But if you didn't know his name, I, I don't know. I'm going to go with the assumption that you have about yourself that maybe you read this wrong. And um, it's possible that men at work would, would sort of, you know, make eye contact or be, have a slightly flirtatious energy. But if, you're, if you don't even know them, then nothing terrible has happened. The real problem here is that the emotions that it evokes in you, that this, this natural part of people, of you as a woman, of your desire to have a man to love, to be in a couple with somebody, to have this connection where all that emotional energy that you're that is part of you it's part of who you are that it's looking for its target and it's landed on somebody who's you know for all practical purposes not even real you know he's a real person but he's not real to you because he's not dating you it's you're not in a relationship with him and he's married by the way you know i just i i want to throw that in is like we must really use care around married people and not disturb their relationships because that's very wrong to do 
Also, though, the, you know, the dynamic of, you know, sexual or romantic interest at work has its, all its other dimensions of wrongness. And so I don't know what he did. I, we don't have the chance to hear his side of the story, but you know that he was absolutely shocked. And, um, and some people will say, sure, he was pretending. I don't know, but I don't know about him. I just know that you have limerence. You have limerence real bad, and it's so painful. It, you know, this level of limerence of just having all that energy just continue to fixate and fixate. And you, you did a good job of, you know, separating as much as you could. And then you just see him one time and it all comes rushing back. That is like an addiction. It's like a heroin addict doing heroin one time or an alcoholic having one drink. It just sort of opens the door to, you know, the problem just comes pouring back in, sometimes worse than it was before. And so, you know, I counsel people to be realistic about this. It's not likely to change. One thing you can do to be less vulnerable to it, to limerence in general, and to this case of limerence here, is to develop your life, to have friends, to have things that give you joy, and tools to start working out the trauma wounds in your life so that you are less driven by them and you have more insight. Um, and that's, you know, people used to say that to me, like, you need to go heal your trauma. And I'd be like, but how? I knew that I had trauma, but how? People just say that like it's obvious and it's not. Nothing I had tried ever worked until I learned my daily practice techniques that I'm always telling everybody. That worked, that got me re-regulated enough. And then I started to follow basically some very traditional ways of solving life problems, not rocket science, about getting out of debt, you know, only dating available people, um, working on being an honest and considerate person, just regular old stuff that people do when they want to become a better person is what I did. And that's what I teach in Crappy Childhood Fairy, get regulated and then get your shit together. That's the path I followed. So limerence is one of those things that it just, it's like an addiction that just, it, it'll grab onto your brain and sort of send you down the path of destruction every time. And that is why I say, uh, get out of there, go no contact. He hasn't done anything you know, wrong and you just have an addiction. And just like if, if you were an alcoholic and you worked in a bar, I would say, I think you should quit that job. And if a bartender said, well, I just absolutely can't right now. And I'd say, you can. I mean, if people lose their jobs, you can make that change if you really value yourself and your healing. But for somebody prone to limerence, just leaving one environment doesn't guarantee that you won't get into it again in the next, you know, next week, next job. It can happen again. It tends to be a pattern. And so that stuff, that needs to be healed. That needs to be healed. So I would say honor yourself. That desire to love and have someone to pour your love into, that is natural and normal and real. And that's, that's basically what's calling to you is you need someone to love. Because of your trauma, it's being misdirected to somebody who's not a suitable person to love. That's what's going on. And the cruel thing about limerence is it almost guarantees that you won't find someone suitable because you're wrapped up in something that's draining you emotionally. You, bec you become emotionally unavailable. You become drained. You become a little odd, you know, um, very secretive about what's going on. So I really urge you to take this seriously and remove yourself from that situation and simultaneously work on that, whether it's with a therapist or in a 12-step program like Sex and Love Addicts Anonymous. You can come take my dating course and coaching programs and our membership community. There's a lot of people working on this very issue there. So there's a lot of help available. Thank you so much for listening. If you love my content, 
think about joining my membership program. You can find out more information about that and all my courses and coaching programs at crappychildhoodfairy.com. Remember, healing is possible. People with childhood PTSD can have a wonderful life. Sometimes we just need a few workarounds. I'll see you next time.